Warning. This podcast will contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. I am S. Foster. Oh man, Scoots, you can't hear us. Well, that's a great start. Listen, this is Viewers Anonymous, and we got the guy JD Oracle on the podcast with us today. Yeah, man, what's up, y'all? So, funny story. So, before we lost Scoots, we had this whole thing planned out. We was gonna do it. <laughs> Like uh now we just lost them, but we had this intricate plan of what we was gonna do. But that's just a part of podcasting. It's not anything like super super professional. It's it's a bunch of cats that got microphones talking about stuff they want to talk about. So hopefully, if we get Scoots back, uh Scoots Bronson is the second half of the Viewers Anonymous podcast with Sean uh S. Foster for you podcasters and people who like to listen to podcasts. Um, and we're gonna be talking a little bit about like some stuff that uh that is really really near and dear to us, which is I guess we talking about what uh above the rim, right? Yeah, man, we're doing above the rim. Uh, like you said, we're doing this crossover podcast thing, and we're doing a, we picked a basketball movie because we're gonna do the NBA playoffs towards the end of the podcast. And I thought that above the rim um was a movie that me and the guy Scoots had on the on the list for a while, you know, kept pushing it back, pushing it back. But um, this gave us a great opportunity to finally do it. And yeah. to add it with a basketball, you know, playoffs and stuff, like it's, you know what I'm saying, it got its correlation. So I think I think this is going to turn out to be a really, really dope podcast, man. Can you, oh, he got it. Can you hear us, Scoots? Oh, his mic still is. All right, cool. Well, we're just going to do this shit like this. All right, man. So Above the Rim is a 1994 film, man. You know what I'm saying? It's starring Dwayne Martin, Tupac Shakur, Leon, you know what I'm saying? Marlon Wayne <laughs> as Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Hey, that's an all-time name, dude. That's an all-time movie name, man. Uh, Bernie Mac was flipped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wood Harris. Like, it has, some, it has some sleepy people in it, man. Like, and, you know, back then... Dwayne Martin, like he was young, but he was really on the come up at that time. You know what I'm saying? So for him to be the star in this movie and then, you know, Tupac playing Birdie. The funny thing with Tupac, it's like when you think about Juice and you think about, you know, him as Bishop and him as Birdie, it's like it's Tupac, man. Like it's not it's not nobody else. Like even though he's playing a character, it's the same guy. And, you know, and I know this is off topic. But I got a question for y'all. So I was listening to this podcast, and they was like, what's next for Drake, right? And they were saying that has Drake gotten too big to where if he went into a movie, could he be a character and not be Drake? 
Uh, yeah, I think I think because before you know he was uh he was in Degrassi, so that's how y'all started. Everything started with Degrassi and him being uh carried on Degrassi. So I mean, I don't see no reason why he can't go back to acting. I don't think he's done anything that has made him so popular. I mean, I know he's popular, but he could always play a role. Like we got people that play roles all the time. Like Will Smith was a rapper too. I mean, so don't forget that. You know what I'm saying? He so he was. That's how he started was being a rapper, and they, you know, they they discovered him. Yes, that's true. But his rap career is not as big as Drake's. Like Drake just got nominated. Well, well, he is Billboard's like top musician of the decade. You know what I'm saying? And Billboard strictly goes off the numbers. Like there's no there's no reason to watch the Billboard like awards because all you gotta do who's at the top of the charts, boom, they win and everything. So it's like. He has gotten so big and so popular. I mean, I get it now. He could go into a movie and and do well, but it's just like if if he plays something like it, like can we see Drake play a detective and take him serious? Uh what you got, Scoot? I think here? he could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think he could, man. I think it's possible that um I don't know about a detective though. I don't I don't know if that's possible because that's a not everybody can do that. Everybody can't be Ice T. But um, I feel like if he if he can get like I don't know some like a first role that can kind of um cater towards what he is like you know what I'm saying an up and like do an up and coming rapper role first or you know what I'm saying something like that or maybe like do who want to play basketball or want to be like a college basketball star or something like that something that's down his alley because I mean it ain't like he can't act he's been acting forever and I mean we know he still got a little bit of skills from that Chris Brown video he did so yeah yeah. True, so true. I would I would say uh, I would say I agree with Scoots in the sense that I feel like he could always go back. I just don't know for somebody like Drake, it would be hard for the audience to let go of him being Drake. Now that would, yeah. that's something completely different. Like I still don't like the dude from uh, hey, what's the name? Uh, the dude from ATL, the uh, the dad. I still don't like him. Like Lauren London dad, I still don't like him. And all the movies. Oh. <laughs> So that's you talking about Keith like David, huh? You talking about Keith David? No, it wasn't Keith David. No, that wasn't no. her dad in that movie. The same, he the same dude from Princess and the Frog. He always the slime ball scumbag dude. Yeah, it's Keith David. The, oh damn, that is Keith David. Keith David. Yeah, Keith David was her dad in like ATL. Keith I don't like dude. Him, man. Keith David is man, he's Goliath, man. Nah, bro, I always see him as the villain. He always gonna be the villain to me. I don't care what right. happened. Keith David I hate is the greatest, him. bro. You, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. You don't like him in Dead Presidents? I don't like him in no movie. Oh man, look, man, this is this is nuts. Hey man, wow. I'm just gonna be honest. That's my that's my wow. honest that's my honest assessment. Yeah, no, I'll keep it real. Dude, I grew up on Keith yeah, David, dude. This dude, this dude was Keith in Gargoyles, man. Dude, I understand what y'all are saying. I'm not tripping <laughs> about his voice and none of that. I just know they all I always hate him because of that movie. I just let, think about how many movies he's been the bad guy in. Like every movie, like he's never been a good guy. He always, he he always the antagonist. He always the antagonist. Hey, hey, he was good in Platoon. Damn it! <laughs> he said I should have killed that motherfucker. He said, "What'd you do?" He said, "He made me lose my cigarettes." <laughs> hey, that shit was funny. That's all time funny. But nah, hey, man. Like, but uh, but Tupac did a good job in this, man. Like this movie is. You know, it, it, it's talking about the New York basketball scene of like, you know, and it's really based on ship 
see something in this dude Kyle Watson, but like Ship had to deal with his own problems because he was like a star basketball player with Flip. Flip, he ended up damn being homeless out on the street. And Ship, after his friend, they was doing this thing where they was trying to see who could hit the uh, get the highest on the a backboard. And for some odd reason, his friend thought it was a great idea to run at a backboard where <laughs> there's a 10-foot drop. I don't understand why he thought that was a smart idea, but he went up, smacked the backboard, backboard broke, and the dude fell out the top of the building. And so he was like the best basketball player, let's just say New York. They didn't specify if it was in the country or anything. So he's the best player in New York. His friend dies, and he just melts down, and he just leaves. So he comes back to uh, get the, to bury his mom for one, but he also took like a security job at his old high school. But the coach want him – he gave him the job because the coach want him to eventually take his job so he can move down south and take another coaching job. He's like, look, these kids up here, they don't respond to me anymore, all this type shit, and, like, you're a legend, and we all know that they will listen to you and all this type shit. So, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that really goes along with the movie because Ship is Birdie's brother, and Birdie – is now this big drug dealer in the area, but at the same time, Birdie also resents him for leaving him with his mom because they struggle and all that type shit, so they got a rocky relationship. Well, not really. Their relationship got rocky when Birdie asked him to join him, and they was going to be like partners in this drug deal. Yeah. And this drug dealing thing. So he turned him down, and Really, the whole premise is like Kyle is this very arrogant basketball player who wants to go to Georgetown. Everything is about Georgetown, him and his single mom, and she's trying to raise him, and she's also trying to find her way because she has to work all the time. She's an RN and all this shit. So, I mean, there's a lot of – it's really – a it's for it to be the type of movie that it is and to be as underrated as it is, it really had a good storyline with it. What you got, Scoops? Um, man, I I really don't got too much. Man, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Above the rim, I watched halfway through. The uh, only thing I remember from Above the Rim is, uh, and I don't even know if this is the same movie. I think like Tupac like gave somebody a buck fifty at the end of it or something like that in the alley. Am I thinking of the same movie? Nah, you're thinking about uh. The other movie he was, was in. That, that's that game related. That's, nah, that's no, not game related. No, that's oh. it. Nah, it, was uh, a, it was a basketball movie. Was that Sunset Park then? Am I thinking of Sunset? He Park? wasn't in Sunset Park. No, I know that. Um, I'm saying somebody get somebody book fifty. I know. I remember that much. How many cut flip up? He did cut that flip might be, up. That might be what I'm talking about then. But I, I remember. Oh yeah, that's when he gave up the money. Yeah, he he sliced him up with the razor blade, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's above the rim. My bad, my bad. Okay. I'm just making sure. I gotta make sure, man, because you know what I'm saying. I don't, I don't got the memory that S Dot got, man. He got that photographic memory. He can remember a movie all the way through. So, I mean, for me, Above the Rim was one of those movies like I seen like as a kid, and I really wasn't too into it because it was like I didn't really care about basketball like that when I was younger. But I remember this is one of those movies that, like, it kind of put Tupac up in that space to where he was, like, getting those roles, like, back to back to back where he was getting, like, all these movies. I know, yeah, he was in, like, gang-related. He was in um, 
I know this is like way kind of way after Juice, but he it was still in that in that vein where like everybody that was making those kind of like hood movies wanted to get him in there and wanted to make him either a star or wanted to make him like that B roll where everybody knew he was gonna get a lot of time on the screen. Um, this is one of those uh, movies too where Leon was kind of doing his thing too. A lot of people didn't give Leon a lot of credit for this movie, but Leon was was the man around this time. Yeah. So I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna say this, and I and I think I think because of the time, like you said, like the time that this movie is in, everything that happens in this movie, you really got to take into consideration that this was the face of the culture. Yeah. Tupac was the face of the culture. He was a poet. He was, you know, he was street, but he still was smart enough to know stuff. So when people got to see him play these different roles, regardless if it was Jews or Bold and Rim, Poetic Justice, they paid attention. And the hood paid attention, which was out here spending the money on these movies. Um, a lot of people forget that in this movie, it's a lot of it's a lot of things that they, you know, talk about. The one thing I'm gonna talk about is Marlon Wayans. They they play Marlon Wayans out in this movie. He's like the friend that He's trying to hang out, so he does something so crazy that it puts his life in danger. But because he ain't, you know, the athlete, you know, he's not going to get in no other way, even though he think that that's they like him. They, You know, it, it really teaches the lesson about all friends ain't good friends. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they out here, you know, treating him bad, you know, embarrassing him, you know, really, really playing him out. But he really want to be with him and kick it with him and do all these things, putting his life in jeopardy. And his friend not really saying nothing to him. He letting him do it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, to me, that's I think that's one of the underlying issues. And it's like the black the black male story at that time was, you know, cats is trying to play ball to get out the hood, not really knowing that there's other alternatives. But at that, you know, when you don't really have nothing, that is the only alternative. So. I, like I think you I, said you either shoot the wicked jump shot or you sell crack rocks. Yep. Yeah, and that's what this movie is. That's what Birdie does, and that's what uh Kyle does. And Boogaloo, he's stuck in the middle because you know him and Kyle used to be good friends, but then Boogaloo went to jail and then he gets out, and then so he started he went over to Birdie them because I guess he figured like, yo, I gotta do something. I mean, if I just got out, I need to hang with some kind of crew. You know what I'm saying? And so he he has the job. And I think the only reason that Birdie even took him in because he knew Boogaloo knew Kyle. So he wanted him to play on his shootout team. So he brings him in. And then he does this whole little thing of like, you know, using girls, you know what I'm saying? Using an agent, all this type shit. And like, you know, bribing him with money and shoes and all this type stuff. So he uses Boogaloo and then when he has no no use for him, that's why he embarrassed them in the club that day when they had that that team only meeting. And he was like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? You got to go. And he was like, because he came in, like, asking what his jersey was. He's like, man, you ain't playing. And then he was like, you know, he looks at him funny. And then he was like, this is a team only meeting. Yo, you got to dip. So he kicked him in the butt. And then he falls down and he embarrasses him. And then Kyle goes out and follow him. And he's like, yo, why you can't let them treat you like this? He's like, what I'm going to do? And that's when he told him about what happened to Flip. And so then that's when Kyle figured out, like, oh, shit. You know, so then he goes out and looks for Flip. That's a whole nother thing. But but Boogaloo, man, and then I think that with that happening, he turned to drugs. Because think about, remember when he showed up to the park 
with that gold jacket on, <laughs> and he was pulling out that all that chalk on his hands. Right. Hey, he was LeBron. Hey, he was LeBron before LeBron, man. All he had to do was do the thing. All he had to do was do it, but he didn't do it though. And then he just shot the jump shot and it went over the backboard. Hey, man, that shit was so fucking funny. Hey, I swear, they let Marlon Wayans, they let him, I swear, like, ad lip. I don't think this shit was written in the script. I think, like, they told him, like, this is what I, we want you to stay around. But, like, all of the jokes that he had, it seemed like shit that just came off the top of his dome, man. He did a really good job in this because he was young, man. He, he was, like, what, like 18, 19 years old? The Wayans don't count, bro. Like, anything that they do, it don't count. But like, that that right. family started out joking from diapers, bro. They probably was joking on their mama in, the, in their stomach. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, like, the Wayans, man, super talented. I mean, you said something very – he was on a living color. Think about that. Them cats was on a living color, and he grew up around them cats. Like he, he had a he had a special talent. All the Wayans, man. So shout out to the Wayans, man. They they made my childhood. A living color was my childhood, man. Staying up late trying to catch it. I think. Yeah. Um, I think y'all touched on the uh, on something that a lot of people don't really know about unless you grew up in the hood, though. And it's that you know what I'm saying I know this movie is about you know drugs and basketball, but it's is more so even to the point to where we're talking about basketball players who ended up on drugs and, you know what I'm saying, end up ruining their careers. I mean, like, the one of the, one of the most in-depth movies of that would be the Earl Manigo story that yep. uh, Don Cheeto starred in. That really <clears throat> that really gave you an aspect of it. Um, but it was like, what, the, I think it was like the 60s and 50s um, when that was going on, or the 50s and 60s, I meant to say. But this I is like, this 70. is no. It was like Because Washington knew about Man to Go. Okay, yeah, I say it might have been. Um, but I know this was a more this was a more recent look at it, and you know, at this time, this is when you know what I'm saying crack is, you know what I'm saying like in its prime. So, you know, you 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 see all those um, run from we call them fiends. So you see all those fiends that would be at the basketball courts. You know what I'm saying? Shooting around and playing around or rebounding for a little kid or whatever. And you know, you might not you might not know their stories until, you know what I'm saying, you see one of the, the other old heads who come tell you, like, man, you know, this cat was all state. You know what I'm saying? He was one of the best players in uh he was one of the best players in high school and he was supposed to go to, you know, such and such and be, you know what I'm saying, be an all star. And then, you know what I'm saying, you find out that this dude was headed to the NBA. You know, in high school, he was averaging 30 and 10 or, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was one of the, the best guards to ever play the game. And then, you know, you, you find out that he ended up getting on drugs and, you know what I'm saying, ruining his, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, ruining his career. And I think this is another, This is one of the movies that show that um, aspect of, you know what I'm saying, like basketball players and, and being in that come up. Yo, I want to throw this to you real quick. I want to throw y'all this. So I actually researched a little something about this movie and they got the inspiration. It's funny that you say Earl the Pearl, um, but they got inspiration for the dollar bill on the the top of the backboard because that's what they used to do for Earl the Pearl. He would jump and get stuff off the top of the backboard. But the other inspiration for this movie was the story of Ben Wilson in Chicago, one of the best players in high school ever, 1985, Benji. Benji. And not the fact that it was um, 
that he got hooked on drugs or nothing, but he actually, you know, met a fatal demise in some street stuff, like getting into a fight. He got shot, you know what I'm saying? Like, got killed. A player that we never would have known. On top of that, Lynn Bias. Lynn Bias, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we should be talking about Lynn Bias in the same conversation with Jordan, maybe, you know, from people that's from Maryland that really do talk about him. Uh, Lynn Bias would have been a great basketball player had he not, you know, done whatever, done the lines of Coke or whatever he did or that night, draft night. So it's like, it's so many parallels in like our community that they, they didn't talk about, but I'm glad they made a butter rim. So now we had a platform to actually talk about it in and get it out there for young kids who want to maybe experiment with drugs or whatever because their friends doing. Yeah, and that's Flip because Flip apparently played with Ship and he was like, yo, they can't erase what we done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he kept saying, like, they can't erase what we done. Like, no matter what happens, we still won a championship. And so apparently, I mean, you can kind of see they don't really give us the background on Flip. All we really know is that him and, and uh, Shep played together. Like, that's all we really know. But you can tell that for him to be out on the streets like that and for him to look the way that he looked, you can tell that he had to be hooked on something. Yeah. And so then you got the, the birdie effect where he's the one that's pushing the shit out there. So, that yeah, that's, that's a good parallel. And, like, people don't understand, like, when – like Benji, like that that thirty for thirty man was so great because see that opened me up to some shit that I didn't know about you know that put me on the semi in high school and and how they do the whole thing of instead of retiring his number, the best player on the team was number twenty five for Benji mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and and, and that's and why Derrick Rose yeah and it, it's so it's so it's so crazy like when you hear that story and like just basically a dude bump shoulders with somebody coming in and out of the store and like, that's his fatal demise. Like that's crazy. And then like Lynn bias, man, that dude, it really, I know this is a whole nother thing, but like it set back the Celtics for decades. Like people, people, I mean, I know the, the, I mean, I'm not trying to take away from Lynn bias, but I'm just saying like, they didn't really become relevant again until Paul Pierce, because he was supposed to be that guy, that foundation of that team. And I remember they showed um, it was when the pandemic was going on, when there was no sports. So they were just playing old shit. ESPN had nothing to do. So they was playing the 1984, um, no, 1983 game, North Carolina, Maryland. Listen to me. That second half, Jordan was on lock, my guy. Jordan couldn't do shit. And damn, Lynn Bias lit up. Man, he was lighting them up in that second half. But I just want people to know. I'm put, like, everybody want to get on Jordan Jock to say he's this, he's that. And I know it was North Carolina. He was, like, Jordan progressively got better throughout his career. But, like, man, Lynn Bias was the truth. I'm glad you brought his name up. Lynn Bias was the truth. He was the truth, man. So a lot of people have – a lot of people have said that he was, like, a mixture between, like, a Zion and a – um. A Zion and a and like a better sh- like a they say like I don't know why they say this but they say like Zion and Rip Hamilton and I'm not really sure why they make the two why they make the two but I know he had a really dope mid range like his mid range range and his defense was nasty D. and his and his like body size was like like a Zion like they they didn't know how, how he was able to move so well because he was so big and he dunked very powerful too like a Daredevil yeah yep yeah. Yeah, so I, I thought I thought that was interesting to bring that up, and then and then like, okay, man, we got to get to it, man. We we got to get we got to get to this game. <laughs> so so 
so Kyle was supposed to run with Birdie, and then once he found out about Ship, he was like, "Man, look, I can't do this." So he's like, he's gonna go back to his coach, uh, his high school coach, and like, "Yo, coach, you know, do you still got a roster spot for me?" Coach, like, "Yeah." So he's running with his coach, and listen to me, man. What is the purpose of these refs? Because Birdie's team is out there beating people ass like the Monsters, and there's no calls being called. <laughs> they got their elbowing people, pushing people down. The referees, they're just there. I don't know. Like, or were they like security guards to make sure nobody was getting shot? Like, when do they have referees in street ball games? Well, they in the in the in the Rucker games, they have referees and stuff. It's like a regular game. Yeah. It's like they really got yeah, refs. They got like DJ. A, that's a league though. Like the Rutgers, like the Rucker. I know the Rucker is a league. Um, what's the one in California? The Drew. Oh, the Drew League. Yeah, but see, like they, got it. They, had, they had refs because that's a part of the Rucker. That's part of that. Yeah, that movie is based on the Rucker saying. tournament. Oh, okay, so okay. Well, that's why they, it's like that. That's it. Just confused me because I'm like, yo, why? How do they have like referees and street ball? Even like, uh, remember, um, remember they had referees on uh, White Man Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had referees for a two-on-two game. <laughs> 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 they, was like, they was hustling everybody. They was taking everybody money oh, yeah. at first. Some stuff just never made sense to me. Yeah, that was man. Weird. Like what didn't make sense to me was just how they weren't calling nothing. Like, like they weren't calling screens. They were just man. They were screening people with their elbows. Man, people getting hit in the face. Man, it's like yo, what is what are these people doing? So then Kyle was getting lit up by this red team. But I, I don't even know who that dude was. Man, this dude was. Fucking skip the Malou out there, man. Like he was, like he was yeah. just doing, he was doing cow in, man. And so then they finally make a little comeback, beat that team. So you know, yeah, you know I'm saying the premise of this movie is Kyle has to play Birdie's team. And th- this is the shit that pisses me off about tough guys is the fact of before the game he goes up to Kyle and like, "Yo, I heard about Georgetown, and if you want to go." You're going to throw this game. Or I'm going to tell them that you was accepting gifts. And it's like my thing is, it, it reminded me of, um, of uh, what's that What's that football movie? The, the Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. And like the, the warden wanted his team to win so bad, so he blackmailed him. It's like, how can you, how can you take that win, man? Why do you want to win that way? Like, why do you want to win by the best player throwing a game? Because you don't care he's a loser in real life. Yeah, he's yeah. a loser in real life. And the win is a win to a loser. Listen, man, that was trash. You can't you ain't never said nothing true, bro. Like a win is a a win is a win is a win is a win. And the people who say that mm-hmm. ain't never have a had never had a win or a win or a win or a win. Yeah, they ain't never earned wins don't feel right. I don't I don't want to like I tell I tell Eric people this all the time. I hate beating you if you ain't at that ain't, ain't at full strength. Cause then yeah, you can always true. come back to me and tell me. Oh, uh, well, we didn't have so and so. I don't want that. I want your, I want your best on your best day with everybody healthy. I don't want that. I want, I hate that. I hate when people say, "Oh yeah, so and so hurt." Like I don't want you. Don't want to win like that, man. If that's the only way you can win. You're not really, you're not really winning. You, you really just you got lucky. That's what happened. Yep, I Circum- feel the same way. I feel the same way. Now I do. Now at the same time, like circumstances are circumstances like if if there's a, a huge injury then there's a huge injury there, there's nothing you could do about it and at the end of the day like 
I mean, like the greatest example always is the the Cavs. What I think the, that first year when Kevin Love and Kyrie got hurt, it's like, okay, the war is won. You can't fault them for it. Well, you supposed they supposed to stop because they um, two top players. Well, the other two top players went down. It's like, no, you still got to go on. And then the next year it comes back. And then people like then the Cavs win. Then they're like, oh well, Draymond got suspended game five, and Iguodala got his back problems and all this shit. But y'all don't want to bring up how Kevin Love and Kyrie was out the year before. So it's like circumstances are circumstances. But like when you blackmailing people, like all like what the way that he was doing, it's like I schools. You said it right. Like he's a loser in real life. Like, Birdie is just a loser, and he didn't care how he got the win. I just thought that was some sucker shit at the end of the day. The new oh, yeah. premise for Space Jam 2 is exactly what Above the Rim was, but animated. Oh, man. What, what? isn't that Space Jam 1-2? Huh? Isn't that Space Jam 1-2 then? Kind of, but in this in in Space Jam Two, you gonna see Lola Bunny slice somebody up in the alley. <laughs> Say what? Hey, man, this What's up? Stupid man. You, man. <laughs> hey, stupid man. Like, Lola Bunny slicing somebody in the alley. Man, yeah, you know, what's wrong with him, man? You gonna see Lola Bunny catch a body in the alley? Catch a body in the alley. I didn't hear it all now. Who's she getting? She uh, she slicing the um, the white mamba played by Diana Taurasi. No, she don't. She don't take out Damian Lillard's character. (laughs) She don't remove a cog or something from his clock. Oh man, I I can't, bro. She gonna cut his wrist off, so ain't ain't no Dane time. Yeah, they gonna win, bro. They don't have to sabotage the character. Did you see who they got in that lineup? Yeah. They got one of the twins. Oh, I can't say their names. The girls. Um, they got Chinea Kumikwe. They got yeah. Diana Tarazi. They got uh, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. Um, Clay Thompson. And Anthony and Davis. Anthony, yeah, Davis. Anthony Davis. You know who Anthony Davis taking the place of? Who? Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley. <laughs> Hey, did you hold up, man? Hold up, y'all can't nah. laugh like that, man. Hold nah. up, did y'all hear what Tell happened to him? Trash. What? What? He's paralyzed now. Sean Bradley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's real. I know. No, it's real. I told you, man. They gonna catch these jokes, bro. Bro, y'all gotta stop, bro. Y'all out of pocket. Hey, don't, don't y'all. Son, hey, son, hey, hey. out of pocket, man. Hey, but that one, hey, he's wild, but hey, that's that's cool though. That's, that's why people be coming at him on, on Twitter and stuff. That's why they be coming at him. That's why they be at my neck, yeah. But I keep, I keep hey. it fair though. I know everybody. I don't, I don't never pick you too. So you know what I'm saying. Everybody getting these jokes, especially Sean uh-huh. Bradley. I mean, Sean Bradley is one of the top ten best players ever played, bro. Straight up, he he definitely no, he really he was one of the best centers though. Like early on in the league, he was definitely one of those dudes. But like later on, that's how you. I, I don't think, know how you can stay effective if you're that big. Yeah, and and yeah, I think it's that. Hard to. And I think that what happened was people started viewing basketball different because I think that people started getting embarrassed to get dunked on, 
And like mm -hmm. Sean Bradley was like, yo, I'm going to try to block these shots. And so he became yeah. a punchline yeah. because dudes kept dunking on him. And the game got faster too, though. And he, he yeah. just couldn't keep he up. He couldn't keep up. Yeah. But we said it at the same time. But um, but to get to it, so then they come in the game. Kyle's getting his ass whooped. They keep knocking him down on screens, all this type shit. So they down. They down big. And then all of a sudden, Shep shows up. And he comes because the coach had put him down. So he's on the original roster. So the coach put him down and he shows up and he comes and, you know, they pull the whole tactic of knocking him down every time. But yo, those jump shots that Shep was shooting to the side, yo, that is so damn 1984, my guy. <laughs> he was shooting sideways, but hey, hey that yeah, was so funny. That's hey, no, that slide over. That slide that's, over. Hey, but that's how my dad shoot, man. That's that hey, old school. That's that old school jump shot, man. That's that the old school behind jump the head. Yes. And you got to do a man. The old you school jump shot. Old school jump shot is really this. It's a uh -uh. slide over to the left or the right. So it's like one of these. <laughs> yep. Behind your head. You got to make a oh, face. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you shoot it. That's the old man, Jay. If you concentrate, you're like, mm. hey, you got to jump back to the other side. Yep. Oh, man. And get back on D. Because you know, like, when you make a shot, you get your step get ginger. I don't know about y'all, but when I was, when I played, if I hit a jump shot, hey, bro, I was feeling myself. I hit a, if oh, yeah, I hit a long no, one. Ain't no need to rush back. Ain't no need to rush back. You know, I might do, I might do one of these, might back up all the way back like this, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then get beat back deep and get yelled at. Hey, that's but, hilarious. But yeah, man, I I want to jump into this real quick though. I know we got to finish this up. So you want to say anything else about this? Uh, about yes, a blood yes, rim? yes, yes, yes. Cause, man, come on, man. We can't we can't not mention this part, man. So the game is over. Birdie team lose. He goes up to my dude. Yeah, you know I'm saying, and like, yo, you know what you got to do. So he gives him a bag. And so this dude goes in the middle of a basketball game. Everybody's out there celebrating. Cops are around, all this shit. This dude pulls out a gun and goes to shoot Kyle. And then Shep jumps in front of the bullet. And then now he's laying down. Uh, my man Wood Harris took about three to the chest. You know what I'm saying? So he's out of here. And so Birdie, so Birdie, he thinks everything is over. You know what I'm saying? He's back. Uh, doing his loser uh, celebration, and then who comes to end his life? Boogaloo. He comes in, give him one to the chest, and then Kyle ends up getting his scholarship, going to uh, Georgetown, and then they interviewed him at the end of the game, and he's like, yo, I just remember to spread my fingers. You got to watch the movie to get it. Him and, him and Shep had a little thing about spreading his fingers, so I thought that was dope to bring that back up. That's all I got on the book. That's the way they end it, man. I ain't going to lie. I have nothing else to add from this. Uh, if my man had a sucking chest wound, that's all you need to know. But uh, so, you know, this is my spot. This is where I'm taking over. I'm taking the reins from Sean. It's it's game time. Y'all know I run a, a sports podcast. This was my life <laughs> about. I joined To The Wire. This is actually To The Wire culture for, for most of you guys who are watching this or listening to this. Um, This is not actually my sports show. But I wanted to circle back because, like, NBA is big in my culture. I ain't going to lie to you. NBA, any type of hooping. 
Uh, it's big in our culture. So let's get into a little bit of this playoff talk. So, Sean, who is your team, first of all? I don't have a team. Oh, you did. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, Excuse like, me I, I shouldn't have a team either. I should have a team neither, but unfortunately, my team is the Orlando Magic. Who? The Orlando Magic. Oh, that's all right. I can ride with that. That's all right. You stuck with them through thick and thin. They're going to be good again one day. You're going to be all right. Hey, man. Maybe so. Sean, what mean, you got, man? I mean, like, like growing up, it, it was also for selfish reasons. Like, the team that I, like, would say that I was a fan of was the Supersonics. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was a huge fan of, uh, you know what I'm saying, that, that whole lineup, man. Uh, Sean Camp, you know what I'm saying, the Glove, then Deathless Shrimp. Sam Perkins, all those dudes, man. Hershey Hawkins. And then, obviously, you know how much of an Iverson guy I am. But, like, once Iverson was gone, I ain't really keep up with Philly no more. So, like, I just – I don't really have, like, a NBA team. I mean, there's teams that I follow. I mean, I follow to see what the hell LeBron is doing. So, But I wouldn't consider myself a Lakers fan because I've always hated the Lakers. So, I'm, like, caught in the middle, dude. So, I have a, I have a confession to make. This is a – I'm going to make this on live TV. I was actually a Lakers and a Sixers fan. Like I was a, I had one West Coast team, one East Coast team. Um, I love Kobe, but I also love uh, Iverson. Iverson was actually my like my idol, but I love Kobe too. So it was really difficult in 01. It was really difficult to like cheer for both sides. I knew that Iverson wasn't going to win it just because he ain't have enough. But I like to see them going. I wish he would have won more games. I wish that series would have been a seven game series just because. But you know the Lakers just was they were just dominant. There was no way to beat those guys. So I want to I want to start it here, man. So I'm, the question is I'm gonna go to you first, Scoots. Um, and right now the way that the league is going, I know you know like the top seeds. You got um, I'm gonna fill up the thing up so we can see we have a little. A I think little, it's, a little on the West is Utah, Phoenix. Uh, I want to say Denver. Yeah, so you got uh, well that ain't making no better, but. Uh, we'll start right here. So you got Utah Phoenix. You have um third, I'm pretty sure is the Clippers or something. They somewhere in that in that mix. Third is Denver. Denver, is okay. Denver. Yeah. Denver, you got the uh Clippers, mm-hmm. uh all them guys. So on the West Dallas and Portland. Dallas and Portland. Yeah. Yeah. So on the West, what you got, man? What you who you got coming out the West, man? I'll be honest with you, man. Um I got I got the Lakers coming out the West. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm one of those guys that I believe everything, you know what I'm saying, that Brian do. Um, I think that if he's on your team, then you got a shot at getting to the finals. You know what I'm saying? I don't care who who else is on that team. He showed us time and time again that he can get you there. Um, it's going to take the team to win it, but he could definitely get you there. So um, I feel sorry for, you know what I'm saying, um, Phoenix. They're going to have a tough one to, um, in that first round. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if Chris Paul going to get out of this one uh, safe, but I definitely think the Lakers are, are getting there. I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to play in the Western Conference Finals, but I think they're going to the Finals. All right, Sean, you up next, man. Who you got? It's tough, man, because <clears throat> I don't want to bet against the Lakers. Um, I, I just feel like LeBron has really been messing with everybody with this whole eye thing and, you know, the, the retweaking of the ankle. I think he really tweaked his ankle during the season. 
But I, I think that the retweet thing, I think it's more of like a like look, I love LeBron, but LeBron do be doing these little act the you know what I'm saying he do these little things, man, where he like be kind of setting himself up for excuses sometimes. So I but I do think that once these playoffs start in the way that it's set up, because I think that they're gonna I think Portland's gonna pull the upset. And I think the Lakers are gonna play Portland. And I, I just I just think the Lakers are going to find a way to score, man, because they always – they go through these scoring droughts, man. But I think that when the playoffs start, they always find a way to figure it out. So, ah, oh, man, I, I think it's, it's going to be the Lakers, man. It's hard for me to bet against them. Well, it's time for me to blow up the podcast. All right. So, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been saying this since the beginning, and I don't think I'm going to be wrong. I normally am not wrong. For those of you guys who follow me on most of my Instagram, Facebook, the name JD Oracle didn't come around because I dislike the name. It was actually given to me by an old cat who was to say, man, you always be knowing. So I'm going to tell him, tell you right now, JD Oracle is telling you now, Phoenix will defeat the Lakers. The, the Lakers are not, they're not healthy. You can tell they're not healthy. They wasn't healthy against the Warriors, and the Warriors are nowhere near as good as the Phoenix Suns. Um, they just not. They got way more people. They're just, the way that they're built um, with Chris Paul, man, you can't call, count Chris Paul out either. Chris Paul took a sorry, sorry OKC team and took them to the playoffs and had everybody thinking that they could be decent. They shouldn't even have been in. A sorry OKC team? That team was sorry last year. But they was in the playoffs the year before uh, CP went there. Yeah, but they had the reason that they got CP is because they traded everybody that was on the team that was worth it. Right, but they still was a, they was still was a playoff team before he got Scoop. there though. You can't call yeah, them sorry. They was sorry after they got rid when when everybody thought Chris Paul was getting traded away that they was blowing the whole the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. So they wasn't a good team. They was like kind of like he was Chris Paul was in a Curry situation that Curry is in now. But everybody, like most of the guys being hurt, they didn't have Kelly Oubre. They didn't have nobody last night. They really just only had like Andre Wiggins, really. I mean, they didn't even have uh, – I mean, they had Draymond, but whatever. Only thing I'm saying is if you you can't count Chris Paul out. He's such a good point guard that I think that we've never actually seen him go against LeBron in the playoffs either. And he's already made the comment, you know, it's the West. You're not getting no easy games in the West. you you just not. Like, it ain't no easy games. Like, regardless – you. Regardless of if you're coming out the West, you got to go through LeBron. You just got to. There's no way around it. So I think, honestly, I think this is a really bad situation for the Lakers to be in right now. I think them drawing anybody else would have been perfect. But the way that they are, the way that Phoenix is actually really organized, they're going to have a really good shot of beating them. Because they got a, if you look at their lineup, they got like a really, a really good defensively sound team. And I would love to see Monty have, get a, you know, get some wins. You know what I'm saying? This would be great for him. So, I don't know. I, call me crazy, but I, I got Phoenix coming out. I think I got them sitting LeBron down for the first time since you know he got the Lakers the first time. So, well, I mean, I'm I'm also going off of history as well. LeBron never lost a first round pick, so not first round pick, but a first round in the playoffs. He hasn't lost. He has so, not been to the playoffs though. What you mean? He hasn't been to the playoffs. He missed the playoffs before too. No, what I'm saying is he when he was in oh, when he get only in. Missed the, yeah, when he get in, he never loses in the first round. So yeah, I know this is an unorthodox situation with him going in as a seven seed, but there's a reason Vegas looked like Vegas. Vegas got them favored. And he got them they got them favored because at the end of the day, 
the more stars you have, the better off you are. Now, I know they only got two, and Phoenix got two as well. But these other two for Phoenix, uh, Devin Booker have no playoff experience. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul, yes, he has elevated uh, 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 Devin Booker, but we don't know how these guys are going to perform. This is a totally different stage. Like, the playoffs isn't something that the speed is different. When you play in the same team, like, this is the thing. Can we see Devin Booker and Chris Paul beating LeBron and Anthony Davis four times? Like, when you simplify it, can they beat them four times? When they're playing them night after night, not night after night, but every other night, they're watching film, and you're playing the same guys, and then the way that LeBron thinks, he knows how to, you know what I'm saying, zero a guy out. Like, that's what I'm counting on. Like, now, it's it's tough for me to say that, like, even even in the next round, like, I just got a feeling that Denver's going to get upset by by Portland. Yep. That I think I think that series might be a little more competitive. I know this sounds crazy, but I think that series is going to be a little bit more competitive than the Suns. You know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. If if anybody that could really give them a hard time is Dame. Dame and CJ McCollum, man. CJ is playing, dog. Like ever since he's been back from his injury, that dude has been on a tear. Like he's just been doing everything. They got Melo. You know, Melo hungry, man. Melo need a I think Melo really want a ring. And the fact that we watched him reinvent himself after all the time they said he couldn't play defense. They said he, you know, he wouldn't submit to nobody. He wouldn't play a bench role. And the dude who comes in, man, he does work, man. I I gotta give it to Melo, man. That's if, if anything is something that says more about anybody, I think Melo is Melo is Melo is the comeback story of the last three years, man. For real, for real. He just is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I with that. that um, I think that if if anything the team that is going to ever really get them problems is the Warriors. I don't know how that would be possible for them to um, to get to that point, but I know that if they have to come up against the Warriors again, that's the team they're going to get that way. Warriors ain't in it. The Warriors out. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. They no, lost the Memphis. The, the Grizzlies. I'm thinking of the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies is uh, the team I'm talking about. They just beat the Warriors, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, John Morant, Dude, John Morant, been John Morant he, boy, he, he, boy, got he, a, uh, he got a, he got a light in his eye. I don't know, I don't know what they feeding that boy. I don't know what they're doing to him in Memphis. I don't know what lab they've been working on that, but I'm telling you, if they got to come across, if they got to come, well, come on, man, all right. Yeah, yeah dog. Right. <laughs> yeah, you don't got to do all that. We get it. South Carolina catches yeah. dogs, bro. They <laughs> dogs. That's true, though. That's true. I remember Sidney Rice. You know what I'm saying when he when he was doing his thing in the league, bro. But you know what I'm saying, like any anytime you you know what I'm saying you got a player like that who can you know what I'm saying play at that kind of level, like bro, this nigga just took out the MVP. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> the MVP, bro. So trust me, if they got to come across Memphis, bro, it's a wrap. So I'm I'm, uh, a, I'm gonna throw this out there real quick, Sean, before you start. So I want to read you the the lineup for the Phoenix Suns because I didn't know they had all these dudes either, but this is actually really surprising. So the Phoenix Suns got Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre A.M., Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, uh, Sarek, Cameron Payne, Torrey Craig, and the Cameron Johnson that played at North Carolina, the shooter. Dude, they not no scrubs. And I'm looking – like they not they not outmatched. I mean, a lot of people think they outmatched, but they kind of got dudes. Like they got some dudes. 
And, and the young cats then got beat by LeBron and them before too though. Like Jay Crowder, yeah. Jay Crowder, he I'm I'm sure if he see LeBron, he gonna wither up like he always do. Um <laughs> Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne gonna be tough though. Cameron Payne is a is a hooper for real, for real, bro. He he one of them dudes that he put the, he can put the team on his back, you know what I'm saying, and play, you know what I'm saying, that role if he needed. So I mean they 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 definitely got a squad though. DeAndre Ayton is, is probably one of the ones they definitely gonna have to worry about. I mean, unless Drummond and AD on the floor at the same time, he in trouble. But outside of that, I, I was not impressed by Drummond. I was not impressed by Drummond against the the Warriors. He 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 looked old. He looked slow. He he's showing his age, man. He and then Joel and B straight there. He out there just to be in the way, bro. That's it. That's all. Because I'm telling you, the dog on the bench, Trez Trez on the bench. That's who they got to yeah. worry about. Montrez Harrell. Yeah, and I think I think Montrez is gonna show up in this playoff in the, in these playoffs this year because <clears throat> the way that his role has kind of shrunk a little bit, and like when they go into those droughts, I think that Montrez is gonna be that guy in the inside on in that second unit that's really gonna give them a spark. So I mean, like that's my thing. But like to go back to the Memphis point, like I I, I don't think I love John Morant, man, and I told everybody that that this whole him and Zion conversation, I told I said, listen, Morant is going to be the better player out of this out of this whole thing. Like so and then look, and look both of them been in the league the same amount and Pelicans haven't made the playoffs. I know that ain't the end all be all, but this dude has came into Memphis and completely changed his whole thing around. And you gotta look the Pelicans have a better team. They got Brandon Ingram. They got them uh, uh, Lonzo Ball. You know what I'm saying? Lonzo Ball was the second pick in the draft. You know what I'm saying? Ingram is not no slouch. Like, they got they got some ballers over there. But Zion hasn't done enough to elevate them to that level. But I think that Utah just got too much. Like, I, I don't think Memphis is going to get past this first round. I think Memphis can probably get a game, maybe two. But I, I think that Utah just got too much going on in the way that they're playing right now. I don't think Memphis is gonna make it past this uh first round. I would I would agree. I don't think I'm I would it was good seeing John. Now if John can put together something, then cool. I'm all for it. Anybody from Carolina getting it, I'm I'm down with it. Um I, I would like to put this out there with the way that the playing games showed up and showed like how it made everything, it made it exciting. I ain't gonna lie, I was watching all the playing games like, oh man, like especially when I saw LeBron about to go down to Curry. I was like, dang, Curry about to take these dudes out too. So in my mind, you know, this playing game, it, it gave a lot of boost to something that was kind of kind of dying a little bit. Uh, this is my first year I've really been really excited about it, not only because of, you know, my team personally, but um, but because they, like, it really, it was exciting to see, like, cats that might have been at the bottom, but now got a chance to make it to the playoffs because of the playing tournament. So that, that was dope. So I don't know, maybe, maybe. Maybe it's something that they keep. I know LeBron was mad about it, but I think he was on the mad because he was in. The, he had to go through it. He had he been yeah. a one two seed or two seed, he would have been all right with it because it's good for basketball. It's good for competition. Yep. Oh, um, uh, who you think? Like who it, you think? Get I think it, oh, go yeah. ahead. Finish your point. I know. I was saying. I, I said I like it. I think it's like a, a wild card. I think it's like a wild card for basketball. But that's all I want to say. I gotta get out, fellas. I'm about to get in here and watch my daughter, man. I can't. I appreciate. It. 
right, my guy. Right, bro. But like, who who do you think is going to like? I I got the strange feeling they're gonna get an MVP to uh, Joker, man. Like I I know Steph has been showing out. I know MD when he was on the floor, he was doing you know what I'm saying one of his best seasons. But I just got a feeling they're gonna give it to Joker, man. Um, so I don't disagree with you. Like I don't disagree. I think it's a toss up, really, to be a hundred. It's a toss up because they could decide to give it to you know they could decide to give it to Curry because of you know bias. Cause King James said do it, they could do all that, or they could give it to the person who played all season. Out of the other two finalists, Joker the only person that played the whole season through. No, he didn't miss yeah. no games. He didn't have, and he's a big guy. So normally, big guys get hurt. He played the entire season. He was very. I mean, he was dominant when he did when he was playing. Um, I don't know if that translates to the postseason. I just don't know if it will. I just, to be honest, I just don't know because if you run into like. Uh, AD, what can you really do against AD as you know, Joker? Um, and yeah, you know, so it's like really to be completely honest with you, I think he had his best year. So if he's gonna get it any year, it's probably gonna be this year. So, yeah. um, I think Embiid is not done yet. I think Embiid got more, definitely more juice. He got a little bit more time. Uh, Steph also gonna have more opportunities to get it. I think it's the perfect opportunity for him to get it because he don't have to like Clay not gonna be there to help him. So, mm-hmm. Next year, we all gonna be looking at it like, okay, the Splash Brothers is back, and it's gonna get it's gonna get scary quick, real scary, because and real quick zero. If to they 100. was in contention this year with nobody playing with the school of deaf and blind, like, he, hey, it's gonna get real, real scary when they, when the Clay get back out there. Yeah, and Clay coming back with vengeance, man. He didn't miss two seasons, dog. Can you imagine how hungry he gonna be when he get back out there? Yes, I'm telling you, zero, zero to a hundred. The Warriors is going like next season. They're gonna be scary. Kelly like, Oubre they, really gonna be scary. True. Yes, they got, and then now they get a chance to go get get a big man this season after, in the off season. Well, hold on, well, hold on, no, you 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 forgetting about the dude they just drafted now? Forget about Wiseman. I ain't, I ain't forget about Wiseman, but they got a chance to go get a big. Like Wiseman is a power forward for real. He's not really a I'm center. Here. He's not really a center. I think they need to go get a legit center. Like, go find them somebody who can really – like, they got Looney. Looney's fine, you know, for, you know, utility minutes. But they really do need a legit big. Like, oh, maybe go find some a big body like a Joker. Somebody from the, the big kid coming out of – um the big kid coming out of – dang, is he Missouri? Because they're going to have close to a lottery pick because they didn't make the playoffs. So, yeah. you know, they're going to have opportunity to get somebody that's, you know, better quality player because they didn't make the playoffs. They're not going to get like, you know, you know, one, two, three, but you can trade up for something. I mean, you never know. I mean, because last year, the team that got like the second or the first pick, they only had like maybe two pinball, like two of those balls. So, like, I mean, it, it's really the luck of the draw. I mean, the lottery can yeah. go any way, man. Like, it, it never really goes to the highest percentage of the team that you would think that's going to get the number one pick. So, maybe they can get lucky. I mean, I hope not, but they, they might. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that too. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift gears real quick, man, since it's just me and you now. So, the Eastern Conference, man. Eastern Conference is a little different than the Western Conference. You know, Western Conference is wild, wild west. Everybody's a you know everybody's a contender in the Western Conference, um. But the Eastern Conference is a little different. It's it's kind of top heavy. It's kind of the top. The you know the guys at the top. You know your Philly. You got Brooklyn. You got Milwaukee, uh, Miami, 
most of these teams that are at the top, um, you know, we kind of already know who we – I know who I, I think everybody thinks is going to win. But do you see any type of chance for anybody to come in there to kind of mess that up for these guys? <clears throat> it's crazy. To, it's crazy to say this, but I think people sleeping on the Bucks, man. It's it's crazy, man, because the the thing is, the Bucks addressed the problems that they had last year. You know what I'm saying by bringing in uh, Drew Holiday, the most underrated player probably in like NBA history. Like nobody speaks to this dude, but. When you talk to NBA guys or former NBA guys, everybody always say Drew Holiday is the most underrated player ever because the thing that he could do for you. Then you forget they brought in P.J. Tucker. So this is another defensive guy that's really going to help them when they play Brooklyn because Boston is done. Boston's done. And I, I think that they're going to beat Miami, um, Milwaukee. But I think their biggest problem, Milwaukee, their biggest problem is they got to stop swinging the ball to Brooke Lopez, okay? He takes too many damn three-point shots, and he always put them in a hole. If they can cut that down, I think that they have a shot, a shot to beat Brooklyn, man. I think that Milwaukee is the team that could throw a monkey wrench in this whole thing. So I am going to not only disagree with you, but I'm going to tell you why I think you may be wrong, my brother. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Because they did they did make some changes, but they didn't get any big enough names that's going to stop Giannis from freezing up in the playoffs. They didn't get another person to be a relief valve for for him. Um, and, the, and I say that by saying this. If you look at the team the way they're constructed, they got Villancenzo, uh, they got, um, you know, P.J. Tucker, they got Middleton, all these guys that, you know, supposed to be helpers to help him. He needed another star. He didn't need another role player. He needed somebody that when he's playing like trash, they could start depending on this other guy. Middleton is not the star. I'm just going to be honest with you. He's just not. He's a South Carolina guy, loving to death. He's just not the person because Middleton be clamming up too. So we got it. I think Giannis, for Giannis to be successful, he needs to be in a scenario like an AD. Like has a LeBron, like AD has LeBron to submit to until in, in case he needs a relief valve. AD, we all kind of know that AD's the guy when it comes to scoring. He's the number one option because you know LeBron gives him that right because he's passed first. But if AD's ever struggling from the field, you got LeBron. Most of these teams have a secondary person. They don't. Like they just don't have a secondary person. Because if Drew Holiday is a secondary person. Drew Holiday is underrated, and he's you know that's why because he don't always he's more of a defensive guy. He's more he reminds me of like a Marcus Smart, like he gonna d up hit some threes. He gonna play all the position, do all the dirty work, and he's gonna be there. But where is that other you know premier guy that can really take over a game? No, I see what you're saying. You make you make all great points, but your question was who could throw a monkey wrench in this thing. Oh, true, 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 true. Because Monkey Rich is, is is Miami though. I I, I disagree. I think that, I think Miami is going to lose. I don't think Miami got enough. I think the hero is not ready. He he had his, he had his moment. And he's not ready. Duncan Duncan Robinson not ready. He's not he's not that killer. Like I know like his comparison would be somebody like Clay, but he ain't a killer like Clay. You know no, what I'm saying? Not. So so I I. I 
look, I like Jimmy Butler. I really do. And I think Bam is I think Bam is pretty good, but I don't think Bam game is complete enough. And I and I don't think that Jimmy Butler, as good as he is, the the way he carried them last year was great. I don't know if he can do it again. I think that so, ooh, that's that's see, that's what we're gonna we gonna we're gonna differ there because I seen I seen Jimmy in Philly. And like really, we only three bounces away from being in the Eastern Conference Finals and possibly taking out, you know, LeBron that you know that year. So, you know, I have a different mindset. I seen what Jimmy can do. I know that he's a dog when it comes time to be. He he just a dog. And I think with the adding of Trevor Ariza and Iguodala, they got and they they added some dudes, man. That they not they don't talk about them a lot. Haslam. They added some some old heads. That like they really ain't got to play very much minutes to like affect the change of the game. Like yeah, like you know, Hero's not the guy. Like that he's not a premier guy. But if you look through that team, there's a lot of guys that have been there before. This ain't their first rodeo. Hell, Trevor Ariza played with Kobe. So like yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. He got a championship with Kobe. But I think look at all like I remember this example where when they played the Lakers. I think it was game five mm-hmm. when he when he was leaning over the the the, the uh, that thing when he was tired as hell. They was like he gave us a LeBron like game and still lost. So he he gave everything that he has, and but this also goes back to your point when you was talking about the Bucks when you were saying that who's that guy that's gonna step up when Giannis ain't going. Like you named a lot of veteran guys, but it's like how much in the tank do Trevor Trevor Reza still have? You know what I'm oh, saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. how much Iguodala even have, you know what I'm saying, with his back problems that can spring up at any time. So I like Jimmy, but Jimmy is not a pure scorer. Now I think the perfect situation for him was Philly. It like, was right now, right now, I think Philly. Philly could have been looking at potentially back to back. Like the, the squad that they had, they, they could be going in for their second one this year if they could have kept that team together with, with Doc as the coach. Now, Doc probably wouldn't have been the coach because they never would have fired who they had if they would have been able to win. So I think that things have to work out the way that they work out. So maybe they wouldn't have, maybe they would have. But that was a good situation for him. I don't think that – I don't think Jimmy – the guys that Jimmy have, I don't think he has enough. So I wanted to put this out there, man. I wanted to – because I'm, I'm I'm not really – I'm not watching the game, but I got the stats up. The game right now is currently – today, where we at right now, is 50 to 53. Bucks is up. All right, it's at halftime. Let me read you the stat, the stat line real quick. Duncan Robinson got 12. <laughs> uh, Nunn got 7. Bama Adebayo got five, but he's in. It looks like he's in foul trouble. Um, Jimmy got eight, and Trevor Reza got three. And off the bench, Drogic got eight. So, I'm assuming that if we go by kind of the trend, and right now, you know, of course, Greek Freak killing, Brooke Lopez is killing, and Middleton is killing. 12, 11, and thirteen for them three, but nobody else has done anything. Drew got got two. Um. DiVincenzo, none. P.J. Tucker, none. Like, these guys that, you know, we that we try to highlight to say they're supposed to help, they're not They're not contributing. The same guys that are contributing are the guys who contributed last year. Um, 
you know, Middleton and 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 Greek Freak. Everybody else is non-existent, and that that might be because of Jimmy. And I think it's probably because of Jimmy. This should not be a close game. It, but on paper, it shouldn't be a close game. They should roll through Miami, but they're not. I, I feel I feel what you're saying, but it's also a half. You know true, what I'm saying? Like it, you never like like when it when it comes to basketball, man. It, it's just like you never know when that guy is gonna light up. You know what I'm saying? Because there there could be. I I remember, you know, with the Cavs. I mean, because I watched that series religiously. That that was one of the greatest series. Like one game, like everybody was. I think it was game one. Jr. couldn't hit shit. And then, like next thing you know, like game six, like Jr. was like the leading scorer or some shit. So yeah. it's like you you never know like how these chips are gonna fall. Like some some games, guys are on. So like I mean, like look look at Jai last night. The night before, he was like seven for twenty one. Like Jai played like shit <laughs> um, against uh, who was that? Um, who did they play? And they play in game. Damn, why can't why it's not coming to me? Oh, oh no, uh, the first game. Yeah. yeah. Oh then man. You're right. I don't know who they played either. Dang, I forgot who they played. But they anyway, lost. yeah, and he couldn't do nothing, but he was on. He was on last night. Like he couldn't be he couldn't be fucked with last night. And they tried to play him by leaving him open, and he was knocking down open shots. So I think that. It's hard to judge off of one half of game one. You know what I'm saying? Because then when game two come around, they can look at game one and go, this is something that we need to explore here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember uh, I was talking to uh, Scoots. who was talking about uh, um, LeBron's memory. And he was um, – LeMond Shumpert was on the 85 South show. And so they asked him, like, what it was like playing with LeBron. He was like, dude, it's crazy. Like, he was like, I'm going to tell you how crazy LeBron is. He was like, they was playing a team, and, like, a dude was in a corner, like the left corner. And Iman ran out to put a hand in my dude's face. And he said LeBron started yelling at him, like, dude, what are you doing? Don't run at him. He was like, he was wide open. He said, man, in the left corner, he shoot 12%. But in the right corner, he shoot 46%. When he in that left corner, don't. You know what I'm saying? Leave no, them open. Way. Yeah. And it's just like to have that brain power to remember and like know what dudes are and like know their percentages on the court and all this type of stuff. I bring that up to say they can look at, you know what I'm saying, certain spots of the floor and be like, okay, look, we missed this. You know what I'm saying? This is the play. Maybe we can switch in the zone. We can, you know what I'm saying? Like there's different things that people can do throughout a series. And that's why I think that when it comes to go back to your son's point, like the Lakers can see some shit on film and be like, yo, we can shut this one thing down. One thing that they had successful in game one, we can shut it down in game two because we know what to look for. And I don't know how those guys are going to respond. And and, and look, Miami got some veteran guys. They do. But I also think that in another thing, I mean, look, the Lakers was what? Like the top three seed last year and they they had to play a playing game this year. When you look at the teams that and made it far in the playoffs last year, they was in a low seed this year. And I'm telling you, man, these some of these guys might run out of gas, man. I, I don't that's what I meant by Jimmy. Jimmy's a hard worker. And that's the thing. Sometimes being a hard worker can can fire back at you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because your your body can shut down at some point. So yeah, I agree. 
I'm gonna hit this last this last thing, man, right? Because we know tonight is the big tonight's hot headline game is it shouldn't be the headline game, but it is going to be. Um, it's gonna be the Nets versus the Celtics. A, a game we didn't think we would see until later on in the playoffs if we saw it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and a game that like a lot of people are looking at and saying maybe if the Celtics can do certain things, they could possibly beat the Nets. Um, because <laughs> And and I'm gonna start by saying this. I've been saying this since the beginning. You have to play together. I don't care if you're all stars or any of that. You still gotta play together. You have to build some type of uh continuity amongst playing with each other. You gotta get to know each other on the, the court. You all can be all stars, but you all can be individuals. So I need to kind of I need to see them play together. In your opinion, what do you think about the Nets going into the playoffs? Have never played a game with all three of their guys. At one time, the entire year, are they big three? I think, I think it's tricky. <clears throat> I think that they will figure it out. They got time. I think with Jalen Brown being out, that gives them an out where they can kind of. I think they can experiment against Boston, even in the playoffs. I think they can experiment how they want to do the lineups, how they want to do these subs. You know what I'm saying? Who to keep in, who the two players. Because, you know, there's always a situation where two guys got to sit and there's one guy that you need to leave out there. I think they're going to be able to experiment and figure that stuff out with the Celtics because I think that they can tour around with them. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Jason Tatum is a dog. He's he's awesome. But Tatum and Smart, like, that's, that's not enough. You know, they need Jalen Brown. So I think that they're going to kind of figure that out by the time they get to Milwaukee, and that's another thing that scares me. I just said Milwaukee could beat them. I'm not saying Milwaukee's going to beat them. Yeah, I'm just saying that it could, it could really be a series. Um, so I think that is a concern, but I think they can. I think that they're going to toy around with Boston and kind of figure out. You know, what I'm saying these subs and the the guys that they want to play together and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I, I also agree. I think, bec- and I think because there's no film on them, all three of them, it creates a really, really weird situation for like the lower seeds that have to play them. Like, like this could be a really weird situation where they can end up playing a really bad team the way that everything actually flipped on its head because they ended up being so far down. Like teams end up being farther down than they should have been. Like the Celtics were slotted to be like number four, or number five this year, and mm-hmm. because of that, the Knicks were there. And since the, since the Knicks are there, and the Knicks create a very weird problem where they all young and Rambush has got a lot of energy. They play a lot of good defense. They could be a problem in the playoffs for somebody. Um, they, I know they got they drew Atlanta first, so like they'll have to uh, play Atlanta. Not somebody, uh, your Sixers. No, they ain't draw us. Yes, they did. Man, look at the bracket. No, the Knicks got the Knicks play uh the Atlanta. Hall. Atlanta, yeah. I'm saying they're gonna beat Atlanta. Oh yeah, I don't care about playing the Knicks. We don't care about the Knicks. We we're, we're 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 made to play the Knicks, and I'm gonna tell you this for, for everybody who think I'm just a homer. I'm gonna tell you why the Sixers are are in the best situation they could possibly be in. Because for one, you get to let Milwaukee and Brooklyn take each other out or tire mm-hmm. each other out, so you don't even have to deal with it. As long as you get past New York in five to six games, you don't have to push it to a game seven. You're in a perfect situation. You get most of those games in Philly, and everybody knows that we are 100 capacity, so. Mm-hmm. So Sixers are gonna be rocking on the twelfth. Um, 
I, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's really hard to play against the Sixers because they play really, really good defense right now. A lot of people are, you know, saying, okay, well, Ben, Rock, uh, ben Simmons can't score, and he's never been able to score. He's never been a 20 or 30-point scorer. So I don't know why everybody's been all, like, up in arms. The second primary scorer on the on the 76ers is Tobias Harris. The, he's actually the X factor. If Tobias Harris can get 20, 25, the, the Sixers normally win. It's, it's, they don't lose. I think I read the statistic. If he has over 25, I think they're like they, – they've won – they've only lost three games when he has over 25. So – I'm not worried about them. I, I would love to play the Knicks. I think it's good for basketball. I think for Philly and New York to be each, at each other throw in the playoffs and then potentially have another meeting with New York, uh, Brooklyn, and at the end for the Eastern Conference Final would be amazing. It's, it's great for basketball. It just is. Like, it's bringing back. Remember all the battles between New York and Chicago and, you know, you know Jordan tearing them up in, you know, in, the, in Madison Square Garden? It's giving me nostalgia all over again, and I and I'm missing that. I miss Madison Square Garden being somewhere people could go and really display how you know who they was. Everybody loved playing Madison Square. I would love to play in Madison Square Garden, but um, it it, it just giving me a good feeling. I, I don't. I I think that for anybody who's a Sixer fan right now, if you are a Sixer fan, you listening, this is a good time to be a Sixer. We're in a great situation. We could have been in a way worse situation. We have a coach now that can actually coach. Um, and he's got a really good team that's actually a lot like his team that won the championship uh, with Kevin Garnett and those guys. And, and I'm going to say this. I've been saying this for a while, and I kind of want to put it out here because when it happens, I want everybody to know that I said it first. So the, the 76ers are constructed like the old school, um, the, the Boston Celtics of like 05 when they had Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. And I'm going to explain each player to you real quick. So Kevin Garnett is Joel Embiid, all right? He can take pull the big man away from the basket, can score inside, can score outside. He's high intensity. He talks a little crap. That's kind of how that's how he works. You got um, Ben Simmons is Rondo from that time period. He's not going to shoot a three pointer. He's really not going to shoot any jump shots. But he's going to take everything to the basket. He's going to rebound. And he's going to facilitate. Paul Pierce is uh, Tobias Harris, and. You can use that however you want to use it because that's this is what it is. Like that's this the, the type of play. They back to the basket, fadeaway jump shot. They can bang you down low. They can take you outside. That's just his game. And they're about the same size as well. Then last but not least, I'm gonna make this comparison. Nobody takes Ray Allen's place on the on Boston, but Curry and Green both shoot really well. So if you can put them both and make a Ray Allen. You could put them both together. You could possibly get a Ray Allen type situation, but they they on opposite sides of the floor. So everybody know basketball. You know you gotta you know distribute the floor well. And um, and I just I'm excited, man. I haven't been as excited for the Sixers to play in a long time, man. But I really am. You said earlier that Tobias Harris is the X factor. He is. I think you mentioned the X factor just a second ago in Doc Rivers. Ooh. I think Doc Rivers is the X factor. I think okay. that Doc Doc Rivers is just one of those dudes, and he get this 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 flack, man, because some people, oh well, he only won one championship, and then they say, oh well, he's the only coach to have, to lose. I think he did it twice. He lost three one leads and all this stuff. I don't think all that stuff matters. I think all that is circumstance. You know, what I'm saying stuff just happens, and I think that his team failed him, and all those teams that was that lost from three one, like there are reasons that you can see how that even occurred. 
But I think that this team that he has now, I think this team is more complete than the, those Clippers teams that he ended up losing those 3-1 leads. I, the, the Sixers is a problem. I think, I think they are a problem, and, and I think Doc is a problem. Um, and another thing that nobody's mentioning is everybody want to look at the talent that Brooklyn got and say, oh, automatic championship. You know what I'm saying? Now, I do believe it's a championship uh, or bus season for them. Yeah. But you still got to remember, your your boy, uh, Steve Nash is new at this. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that if they do meet, I think that Doc no, out can coach. find a way. Yes, I think no, Doc can find a way. And even, and even if they lose to Brooklyn, I think that we probably – can analyze it and see it might have been a talent thing. If cause Doc, if Doc, I think Doc will make the right adjustments, but it's just that I don't know how no one is really considered. Everybody just talent, 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 talent. And it's like, okay, dude, but this is Steve Nash. Now, Steve Nash is a smart guy. Point guards usually are the greatest coaches. But still, you knew it. This you never been in this situation before, so I'm I'm just throwing it out there, man. And he ain't coaching. No, it's not like he coached like college and then can't. You know, he coached nobody. He just started coaching. Like, hey, I want to coach. Give yeah, me he didn't, job. yeah, he didn't work as a GM. No, nah. he he wasn't the basketball uh, the president of basketball operations. Nothing. Remember how you well that went with uh, Magic Johnson? And that's what I'm saying. Like Steve Kerr was different. He wasn't a point he, guard though. He. He was sort of. He was more. Yeah, he was. He handled the ball a little bit, but 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 his circumstances were so different. He's really one of a kind. I mean, for him to play for two Hall of Fame coaches back to back, then he goes and he works in the front office. You know what I'm saying? And then he wins a championship after being the coach. So it's like the, the mentors that he had to pull. Like I remember him talking in the interview. Like I pulled this from. Phil Jackson. I pulled this from uh, Popovich, but also I built a team, a good team, a good Sonics team. So not Sonics, uh, Suns team. Suns team. So that's what makes him accept. I don't know. If Steve Nash is that. You know what I'm saying? Steve Nash is a Dan Tony guy, and he got Dan Tony on the staff. So it's like, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, I'm excited, man. I, I don't want to take up too much more time, man. We've been on here for a little like an hour and fifteen, hour sixteen minutes. I, I do want to, I do want to talk to you. We're not gonna go too deep into this, um, but so we all know Kwame Brown been going off on everybody. That's why we are gonna end this thing. He's been going off on, you know, going at LeBron, going at Stephen A, going at Jamel Hill, going at uh, Rachel Nichols, going at anybody who will, anybody who we can think of that is has more followers than him. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say this first. I know you might, and I because I don't want you to get in trouble for this because I know they might try to come at you, but they ain't gonna come at me. <laughs> they know better than that. I'll tell anybody up, and I don't care nothing about no jokes or none of that. Um, the way that I see it with, with Kwame Brown is that Kwame Brown is they pulled him out of they called him out of obscurity, he was nobody until a week ago, <laughs> like he was. He was just that. He was a bust until like last week. And because of that, should they have been talking about him? No. But this one that blown up had they done what most people that do podcasts do if they talk about something before they release it. They would have called him, said, hey, bro, like we got to talking about 
you know, this on the pod, you know, how you feel about it. You know, if you upset about it, I'm sorry, we can take it out. That's what that's what post, you know, post, you know, stuff editing is for. Taking stuff out that somebody might not be comfortable with. Had they made that call, Kwame Brown never has this platform. He never goes at their families. He never goes at their character. He never goes at LeBron James. Nobody would ever listen. But because they've given him this um this platform, he not only is like he he not only is like really capitalizing on it, but he's coming out with something every day. I didn't even know dude still exists. Actually, to be honest, I'm not even playing with you. I thought dude was dead. I thought I mixed him up with um with the dude they used to play for. Um I mixed him up with Rasul Butler, low key. And like other I was just I was talking about it before this even happened. I was like, yeah, man, like I'm I'm I was like, it's kind of sad that Kwame Brown died in the car accident with his wife, but that was Rasul Butler. So that's how up it's obscure dude was. Like I literally thought he was another dude who wasn't he also wasn't you know that great of a player. So, in in my mind, I just think like he's been an opportunist right now. I think all this should die down. Does he does he have some points about you know these dudes talking about black athletes? Yeah, but really, when you talk about the NBA and the NFL, that's all you can talk about is the black athletes because that's all they really play it. God, thank you, man. I said that shit last night. Listen, who else are you gonna talk about? You gonna talk about the the other three percent of the NBA that's not dude, black or African American, dude. Like this, this is what I said. This is what I said on the other podcast. Now I can't even remember if I said it on the podcast of because we talked like an hour before. But I said when he brought up Rachel Nichols saying that she's making the money off of black bodies and all this shit, and I'm like, okay. So I said the schools. I said, all right. Other than Luca and the Joker, and they're not even from here. Who else white players that you could even mention? You can't. Exactly. So I'm like, dude, she covers the NBA. The NBA is like 90% black or uh, 80, 85% black. So it's like, if you cover the NBA, that's what's going to happen. I think that that he's clout chasing. And I think he he grabbed a, a great opportunity. But this is my thing. Gilbert on that podcast was defending him. Like, did he bring his name up? Yes, because Gilbert played with him. Gilbert was on that team when he got drafted. And all he said was, you know, Jordan ruined his confidence. And he and he said that if he would have been drafted in another situation, Kwame Brown would have been a better basketball player. Do I think he's a bust? I wouldn't call him a, a, a complete bust because he did play 12 years in the NBA. I think that I think the bust word came because he was the number one pick in the draft. But at the same time, for him to still because what 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 they say, I think basketball is really the same thing as football. Like a lot of the times, one to two years, you know, maybe three. Like everybody that get drafted in these two rounds don't stay in the league for ten plus years. Yeah. So he was able to stay in the league. My thing with it is just that he he found the opportunity. He jumped. He jumped on Gilbert Arenas, Matt Barnes, and um, Stephen Jackson, and he seen like Matt Barnes said, "I see you got thirty thousand more followers," and now he's like, "Yo, so I got thirty follow thirty thousand followers for going at these dudes." Oh, Rachel, you said something about me. All right, I'm gonna go at you, Jamel. You said something about me. I'm gonna go at you, LeBron. You said Charlemagne. You said something about me. I'm going at you. And, and what like, pisses, what pisses me off about. You know about him saying something about Charlemagne is the fact of the matter is he keeps talking about he a Geechee. He keeps saying I'm Geechee. We know what Geechee is. We know that that's Charleston. 
So at the end of the day, if you feel type of way about Charlemagne, you know Charlemagne from Charleston. You know, he originally from Charleston. He wanted he a Geechee too. So if that's what you keep talking about, your claim to fame is that you a Geechee or that you, you know, got respect for people, what's wrong with you picking up the phone? Exactly. And saying, hey, like you you clearly got somebody doing your PR now because you put out a video every day. So why don't you hit up Charlemagne and say, okay, listen, Charlemagne, I know what you said, but let me talk to you since we're from the same place. Let's figure out a way to, you know, let's find a way to make this make sense for both of us. I don't want to go with you sideways, but let's have a conversation. And it's not, he don't want to have no conversation. He don't want to go all about the smoke. He want to, he want to have, he want to have his little moment, you know, live in his little fantasy world, get his little views or whatever. And then he going to be obscure again in, in, in 30 days. This isn't going to launch any type of career for him. This is it. They're not going to put him on TV because he's dropping the N word every every single time he says something. Every time. So he's all- doing it. He making he's he's setting every stereotype that there is for us in the in the media. That's my point. He thinks he's doing something by saying. And then like the whole thing about Matt Barnes. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, I took it personal for the simple fact that and you're doing the same. I'm raising mixed kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And him going at him with the light skin, dark skin thing and talking about which one of your grandfathers hated you, the black one or the white one and all this type shit. Like they live in a different world. You know what I'm saying? Our kids are still young. So, you know, maybe they haven't experienced some of that shit yet. But it's like, you know, to hear Matt Barnes' story and like what he had to go through when he was exactly. in high school and all this type shit. And it's but somebody did. uh Not somebody. I give him a shout out. Bomani Jones made a great point. Bomani was like, this dude is from the deep south. You know what I'm saying? So the way he views probably mixed kids or mixed people and stuff like that, <clears throat> and even Gilbert Arenas being from California, because the only <clears throat> insult he said about Gilbert is that he's from California. So he views black dudes that grew up in California differently than he viewed, you know, black people that grew up in the South. So but go to Compton and say that. Go to Compton and say that there, homeboy. Yeah. That's what I so, My thing, and, and I'm not even cutting you off. The reason that I'm pissed off about this is, like you said, we do have mixed kids. Like we have, you know, and that's hard enough as it is being in the world. But it's it's changing, and you know, I coach ball, you know that. So I see it's all kind of mixed kids coming through the ranks, and sometimes I feel like they're the best of both worlds because you can't leave them open because they can shoot that thing. They got the athletic ability. They can jump. Some of them can jump out the gym. Like some of them are super athletic. Yeah. Um. And, you know, we used to, back in the day, you know, when we play against white guys, we'd be like, oh, you know he's going to be able to shoot. Like, we always say that. Like, you know he's going to be able to shoot, right? <laughs> and I, and you, you wouldn't leave him. But now, in this day and age, what's going on, uh, Al? Um, you know, this day and age, man, you when you got this high, I would say, they call, I would call them a hybrid. We call them beige boys up here, but hybrids. When you got a hybrid kid that's from both communities and he got both, he, he's probably very cultured. I just think with Kwame Brown, Kwame Mad. He mad, his feelings hurt. He he big mad. His feelings is hurt that they came at him. They supposed to be his homeboys, apparently. They supposed to have been able to pick up the phone and call him. So his feelings is hurt. And everybody that's not, you know, jumping to, you know, say that he right, and he going at them. And I'm going to be honest with you, Kwame. If you come for me, buddy, I'm letting you have it. Like, <laughs> like I'm telling you. I'm letting you have it. I'm going to pull up all your stats. All these stats you talking about you got, I'm pulling them up, and I'm going to light you up. Because it was supposed to be about basketball. It wasn't supposed to be about these people's personal lives. Exactly. And, if, and, you know, normally, you know, the saying is a hurt a hurt dog a holler. A hurt dog yeah. always holler. And, a hurt, and hurt people hurt people. Exactly. And that's what he's trying to do. Because they, they, they make 
basketball references, and he's going on personal stuff, bringing up the Derek Fisher situation, which oh, is man. damn like five years old. They resolved that situation. You know what I'm saying? They co-parent so, now. So what's exactly. up? You yeah, know, look, my thing with him, my thing with him though is I think with, with Kwame Brown, it's <coughs> not the fact that they it's not the fact that they call him a bust. I don't think it's about the fact that it's because the person that called you a bust that started that jump was the best basketball player of all time. That was that that comment that Stephen A said was started because that's what Michael Jordan said about him. So yeah. let's be honest. We know Michael Jordan's a dick. Like we know we watched the final last dance. We know what he did to what's my man name? Uh the ball head dude. Oh, uh, what ball is his name? Dude. The dude that was on his team when and on the final last dance. He was like a rookie at the time, but he would like ridicule. Oh, him. yeah, yeah. I remember. I don't remember his name, but I remember. Yeah, so we all know that Jordan was a little bit of a jerk. We know that he played with Kwame that last year when he was in Washington. Like it's not like Jordan didn't play with him every day to know that he was buns. He punched what he punched Steve Kerr in the face one time. Like, yeah, Jordan is not a nice guy. So we're we're not saying that you know you didn't get abused a little bit, but come on, man, it's 20 years in the making. If you if you mad at somebody calling you a bust because you played 12 seasons, 12 seasons does not make you not a bust. It's the fact that you was taken number one and you did absolutely nothing. You didn't you didn't average a double double. You're not in the hall of fame. You're not none of these guys. We're gonna say the same thing about Markel Fultz if you don't get his shit together. Like we're gonna say the same thing about Markel Fultz. They took him super early and he ain't done nothing either. So what are we doing? Why why yeah. we can't talk about you in the in the sports reference when you played sports? Yeah, and then like in, in the button up the uh the, the Matt Barnes situation, it's not even an insult to even bring that up now because when you look at these guys, all these NBA guys, entertaining, all of them mess with the same girls. It's like it's like a rotation of like five to eight women that all these NBA guys mess around with. So it's not even a thing to say, oh man, he stole your girl. It's like, dude, all these girls are sleeping with all these dudes. So it's like it was it your time. Even, yeah, it was your time. Thank you. God, that, like that's it. It's not even an insult. Man, I don't know. I I I, I would go about Kwame all day. I just I, I, at the end of the day, man, listen, like I'm in podcasting and I would love to have thirty thousand views. I would love it, but at what expense? I'm not selling my soul. I'm not chasing clout i'm not going to go after people because you know they would give me a lot of views or a lot of clickbait they just it just wouldn't kwame i you know I, at first i was supporting that you you know with defending yourself but this is out of control bro stop that you're making yourself look crazy you're making us look even worse because what they doing is they laughing at us that's what they doing for real for real they they going back in the footage people that not for us they going back on footage and like look at them they can't even get their stuff together these yeah, right here these folks right here can't even get their stuff together. They in front of people and they they making a mockery of us, man. And that's and that's the difference is if you really putting something out there with the intent of making life better for people that are like us or that look like us or experience what we've experienced, then cool, do that. But don't get on TV talking about uh yeah, like they uh they all against us, bro. Who else are they gonna talk about NBA and NFL? There ain't nobody else to talk about. Nobody cares what um Pager Storyakovich is doing now. Like nobody cares. Like I can assure you of that. There's no Steve Nash was like really the only other white dude. I was like, oh well, he was really really nice with it. Like there's nobody else to talk about. Kwame Jay talked about you because you come up because you're the number one pick, dude. Like we like we don't hear JJ Reddit talking down on Jimmy for that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> why? That, like that shit don't happen. You know like, what why I mean? Why did so, even come up? Yeah, you know. So it's just. You know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm done with it, man. Like, 
he 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 got his little couple of couple of comments out of me on this on this platform, and it's just like you know he he gonna he gonna fade out. He'll fade back out. Now I he, he did, now I will say he he did have one good one, but it's not even it's not even good anymore because he turned it down. Like when he said y'all name y'all podcast all the smoke, won't y'all invite me on the show? He said because he said uh, until you invite me on the show, we should call it some of the smoke, and then they invite him, and then he say no. So it's like all right, man, just chill out. But it was funny at the time. It, it was, was funny. funny at the time. Hey, man, real quick, man, Sean, I love having you on here, man. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you to Scoot Bronson for coming on, coming through, showing love. At the bottom below down here, man, you're going to see our name scroll, man. Follow us on social media. Um, tag us, share our video, do all that stuff, man. We would love to have the, the, the support. Sean, you got anything to tell people before you go, man? Any big news? Anything's popping? Uh. Not not no big news, um, because this this is gonna be on our viewers anonymous page. So uh go check out the viewers anonymous. Um the one new thing is the viewers anonymous has its own page now. It's um view anon pod all one word. Um so you can go check us out on Instagram. Um on Facebook is the VA Podcast Watch Group page. So you can um you know send in the invitation and you can get in there. Um but as far as me, um Still, the last episode of 28 Minutes or Less is the one you did with me. Um, so uh, people can go check that out if you haven't heard that podcast yet. Uh, we just talk about life and podcasts and the things like that. Um, you know, the last 28, no, the last Stolen Time podcast I put out, I did the, my top 10 explosive college football players. Um, so I put that list together. So that's the last um, thing I put up there. But you can find me at uh, foster 8 on Instagram. Stolen Time Pod on Instagram and the Stolen Time, the Stolen Time Podcast Facebook. Well, uh, the Stolen Time Podcast on Facebook. You can follow that page as well. And he got this. Is the only dude I know busier than I am. Him and Scoots, the only two dudes I know busier than I am with pods. Nah. Man, I, man, I appreciate you. A lot of people don't know, like Sean, my OG, him and Scoots. They really did help me starting out. So I always try to get back on that show and try to you know collab as much as we can. You guys can follow me at jd oracle underscore 2tw that is on twitter that is on instagram that is on facebook and my kid is just walking behind me butt naked so that's <laughs> you know now y'all get a show so i guess how we gonna end it all right my guy all right man so until next time y'all deuces yes sir cut <laughs>